0: Chapter one of Mabel Ross The Sewing Girl This Librivox recording is in the public domain Cousin Algin I have been talking with the doctor, Mabel Mabel had just entered the room, the still, dark, sick room, when met at the door with these whispered words. She made no reply, only turned on the speaker her sad, anxious eyes, while her pale face grew yet paler you understand mabel you know my way that i think it so much better to know the worst at once the worst cousin algin the worst my poor girl mabel almost fainting let her head fall upon the shoulder of her cousin who silently put her arms about her gently she drew her from the room and led her to a settee in the hall where, seating herself, she drew the young girl down beside her. "'It is well, Mabel, that we should know it,' she whispered. "'Well, that while she has yet strength to make such arrangements as are needful, the effort should be made. It is better for her, better for all.'" Tears had now come to the partial relief of Mabel and her sobs were the sole reply to this remark. "'I have told your mother, my dear. She knows that, unless a miracle be worked in her favor, eight and forty hours are the longest time. "'Cousin Algin, I must go to her!' And Mabel made an effort to throw off the arms entwined about her. "'Not so, my dear,' and the arms enclosed her more closely." Your mother is just now under effect of some drops given her by the doctor, and it is better so. She will be refreshed and strengthened by the rest for the duty before her, while you will have time to compose yourself, as she wishes. She told me to speak to you, to prepare you. Prepare me, sobbed poor Mabel. Oh, cousin Algin! there is no preparing for a thing like this.' "'Not to bear it stoically, my dear. You are too young, too affectionate for that, but to reconcile yourself in a measure to this worst, which there is no avoiding, and to hear, with something like composure, the last words of your mother. My dear cousin talked with me before she slept.' she said she was neither startled nor alarmed at the communication i made her that though she would not say so to us she had long felt there was nothing to do but to prepare for this parting it seems indeed that she has quietly to herself already arranged everything as seems to her best under the circumstances and it only remains for us to promise faithful compliance with her wishes of course as far as you are concerned mabel there will be perfect willingness can you doubt it cousin dear dear mother i must go sit beside her i have not been in the room you know since the doctor's coming when you told me to take lily away you will be perfectly quiet mabel you will not attempt to speak to her oh no i only want to be near her when in so little while you may go my dear lily i suppose is asleep yes cousin poor little thing she wouldn't have disturbed mother she's been so quiet released from the detaining arms of mrs kingsley mabel made her way to her mother's bedside to smother her grief in quiet and to gaze through blinding tears upon the loved features soon to be still in death she sat there alone none in the chamber but the dying woman and herself mrs kingsley having retired as soon as the brief conversation in the hall was ended mabel ross was but eighteen and six months before might have been regarded as the child in feelings and ways which she was at ten but the woman the patient and self-sacrificing woman had been developing within her during these six months the sudden death of a loved father less than a year before had left her and her mother and sisters in what appeared to be the easy circumstances they had long enjoyed but through failure of a business friend for whom mr ross had endorsed to a large amount they were a few months later stripped of nearly all their means the few hundred dollars saved from this wreck of fortune were nearly consumed during the six months illness of mrs ross whose condition was such as left her children no thought but for her something like fifteen minutes after mabel commenced her weeping watch beside her mother mrs kingsley re-entered the room it is time for the girls to come in from school she whispered to mabel and i would like you to see them below and tell them what i have told you mabel cast a wistful look at the pale face on the pillow which said how regretfully she would leave her mother just then mightn't they come to you here cousin she asked you can take them from the room as you did me yes my dear if it was only minnie but hilda's such a thoughtless girl she'll be sure to make an outbreak it's best for you to await their coming in the sitting-room while i take your place here mabel seemed on the point of putting in another plea to remain then rising she bent a look of grief on the sleeping form of her mother and left the room her heart craved to stay but cousin algin had directed her to go below and cousin Algern had had all things her own way in the house from the hour the now-dying woman was taken ill. Mrs. Kingsley followed the young girl to the door, to whisper one more direction, which was that she should remain below with her sisters, until summoned by the bell to the sick-room. A few minutes later the expected girls entered the house, and having drawn them into the sitting-room, Mabel, with all the composure she could summon, made to them the sad communication recently made to herself. It was received by each in a way characteristic of the girl, by Hilda, with a passionate burst of weeping, by Minnie, with a paling of the cheeks and lips, and a look of anguish which could find no immediate relief in tears. Both the girls were Mabel's juniors, Hilda being fourteen and Minnie eleven. Putting an arm about each, and clasped in their returning embrace, Mabel sought to bring them to that composure she was herself struggling to attain. I'm going this moment to dear mother, presently cried Hilda, starting up from the sofa where Mabel had drawn them beside her. What are we doing here, Mabel, when, in a little time, she'll be, she'll be gone from us? And she burst into another spell of noisy weeping. Dear Hilda, only stay till you can be more quiet mother is sleeping she needs to sleep all she can just now i'll be quiet as can be rejoined hilda almost choking in her efforts to check her sobs only i'm going to see mother this minute cousin algin's been keeping us too much away it's a shame and i always thought so she has meant it for the best said mabel dear mother, has been so nervous and feeble, so easily disturbed. She's a busybody that wants to manage everyone's affairs, Cousin Algin is," said Hilda with some temper. She's put you aside, Mabel, when you begged to be let do things, and when Mother'd rather have had you too. It was a hard thing for me, Mabel replied through her tears. But then Cousin Algin knew best, and besides i had to see to lily but when will cousin algin let us go to mother mabel asked the pale timid minnie putting her trembling hand in her sister's yes i'd like to know that cried hilda her indignation for the moment getting the better of her distress when will she consent to three poor girls seeing their their this time the indignation gave way and the weeping reasserted itself before mabel could reply the bell from the sick chamber sounded the three girls in silence left the room together hilda hurrying in advance and her sisters following hand in hand and thus they entered the chamber the impetuous hilda rushing to her mother's bedside where she threw herself weeping on her knees beside the pillow and mabel and minnie pressing up quietly to the bed suppressing their sorrow in thought of the suffering woman. Mrs. Ross was now awake. She reclined, with her head somewhat raised, while Mrs. Kingsley sat beside the bed, her arm about little Lily. Lily was not yet three years old, and could not be expected fully to comprehend the scene before her. But she knew her mother was very sick, and that cousin Algin had directed herself to be very quiet and still, and she did her best to obey her, the sight of Hilda's abandonment of grief was, however, too much for her, and she presently began to cry quite loudly, requiring some trouble on the part of the cousin to pacify her. "'Do not grieve, my dear children,' said Mrs. Ross, soon as something like quiet was restored. "'God calls me from you, but our parting is but for a time. Stand by the love to him I have taught you.' and we will one day meet where parting is no more. She extended a shadowy hand to Mabel and laid the other on the head of Hilda, whose face was now buried in the bedclothes. I may not have strength after this morning to say what I would wish to you, my children, she continued after a pause. Mabel, my darling? Yes, dearest mother? And mabel bent close over the pillows restraining her rising sobs as she best could i leave you mabel head of my little family the older sister of hilda and minnie who i trust will always look up to you the mother of my little lily my poor baby is too young to be left to any other than a sister's care i give her to you mabel you will make her worthy that home to which we all are speeding. Dear mother, I will do my duty to her as God gives me strength, sobbed the suffering girl. I will pray for strength to do it well. I know it, Mabel. You are my hope for all I leave behind. God be thanked for the blessing given me in you. A hard struggle is before you, my child, the path of the toiling woman is a weary one. Don't think of it, mother. I am young and strong and will take the burden for all. We will be together. We will do well. A silence of some minutes followed. Mrs. Ross was gathering strength to speak further. Hilda, my dear Hilda, will go to her cousin Algin, she then said hilda raised her head with a startled look into her mother's face oh no 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 she cried i'll stay with mabel dear mother always with mabel mrs ross glanced uneasily at her cousin and feebly put out her hand to hilda your mother has arranged all for the best hilda my dear said mrs kingsley don't disturb her with objections at an awful moment like this oh mother cried the young girl. Change your mind in this one thing. Oh, do! I can go with no one but Mabel. Be happy with no one else. The dying woman's hand was laid tenderly on that of the impetuous girl. My poor, poor Hilda, she whispered. God temper you to the lot before you. Need Hilda leave us, mother? Mabel ventured to say why may we not all be together if i thought it for the best my darlings mrs ross replied with another glance at the cousin yes girls if your mother thought it for the best echoed the latter but she has reflected on the matter and sees it would not be so it remains for you like good obedient children to agree to her wishes your mother's last wishes, remember the words, Your mother's last wishes caused a sudden sob to choke down what Mabel was about to say, but she struggled with the agony, feeling that she must make an effort to keep her sister to her side in that sad time coming to them. Mother, dear mother, leave us together, she said. Let there be no more parting than God orders, no more. "'How do you expect to live, Mabel Ross?' abruptly asked the cousin. "'Something like two hundred dollars is all, I believe, which remains of your father's estate. What, then, do you propose to do?' "'To work,' was the ready response. "'I'm not at all afraid to work, cousin. Not at all, dear mother.' "'That you can do for yourself and Lily, and help along Minnie, I believe.' replied Mrs. Kingsley, in a different tone. But when it comes to Hilda, it is a little too much. "'Not if Hilda does her share,' said the young person in question, "'and she can and will.' "'She will,' mildly returned her cousin, "'but not by the side of Mabel. If you love your sister, Hilda, you should wish for her own sake to leave her.' she thinks i'll be a stone about your neck mabel said hilda with a resentful glance at her cousin she'll make you think so too and you'll give me up not if dear mother will let me have you was the reply i want you my sister i want you all beulah whispered mrs ross and her cousin bent over her what the dying woman said did not reach the ears of the young people Neither did the reply made by the cousin. "'Your mother is wasting her strength in speaking,' then said the latter to them, "'and she wishes me to explain her arrangements to you. Hilda is to come to me, Little Lily is to stay with Mabel, and Minnie is to go to Mrs. Lemming, who was to see your mother yesterday and sent a message to her through me today.'" Before the words were finished, a wail came from the lips of the third sister a wail that went to the heart of the mother minnie had been resting on the arm of mabel she clung with all her strength to it now mabel had faintly echoed the plaint but seeing the look of distress on the face of her mother she checked her feelings and also whispered a word of caution to poor minnie dear mother means all for the best she then said to her sisters and we will do as she wishes dearest mother be easy about us it shall be as you say and we will do well the assurance came none too soon mrs ross's features were paling to the hue of death a look of death was settling upon her countenance all saw the change and the three girls fixed their tear-dimmed eyes upon her in an agony that admitted no words Little Lily, too, made a cry, and threw herself forward on the pillow beside her mother, positively refusing to be drawn away by the arm of Cousin Algin. God, be with you, my poor, penniless girls, faintly breathed the dying woman. They were the last words she spoke. A state of exhaustion followed, from which there was no rally, and toward the dawn of the next morning, the mother breathed her last. End of chapter 1